Hi, you're listening to the Pinball Podcast. Wait, stop the music. <laughs> Before we get started, Jessica, I'd like to let our listeners know that we have updated our privacy policy. They can go to <laughs> thepinballpodcast.com and read up on the new policy there and accept the terms. Wait, do I have okay. to go do that too? Please do. Now, let's get started. All right. It is Wednesday, May 30th, 2018, and this is episode 122 of the Pinball Podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm here with Jessica. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm a little concerned that I'm going to violate our privacy policy now. Oh, yeah. No one's going to read it, so they're not going to know. Um, I don't even know where it is. I'm looking right now. You got me all good concerned. Privacy. A good privacy policy is hard to find. <laughs> I was just rewatching. Well, you know, they re-released Arrested Development, like they remixed season four. Yes. And uh, so I'm watching that with the uh, fake block privacy software. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, please tell me we got fake block. Um, the truth is, any private information that we get about any of our listeners, we're just going to share. So there is no privacy. That's our policy. Mm. Right. Sharing is sharing is caring. Yeah. So anyway, um, we've got some pinball stuff going on and, um, I, I hope everyone's feeling nice and chilled out there with the, uh, the one and only Jimmy Buffett leading us in and, We'll tie that together a little bit later when uh, you recap us on the rest of your trip and what you've been up to. Um, I've got a little bit, not much, but we've got this thing going on, Jessica. This whole, uh, I guess we'll just call it Mount Plungemore now instead of the, the Mount Rushmore of pinball. Because unless there's a massive rally by one of the other choices that people want to vote for. Behind uh, Plunger prob- Peak or Ballsack. Yeah. So here's the thing. Since I gave Balsack a mention on the last episode, it's picked <laughs> up more votes. It's 6.3% of the votes. Oh. And that's right. not in- in- insignificant because we're talking about hundreds of entries. People actually care about this one, by the way. <laughs> um, we're doing a thing people care about. It's weird. Now, the thing is, is some people spelled it without a space between the two words, and then some people spaced it. And um, a couple of people did it without the K at the end, and some people did put a K. I'm lumping those together, and that gets us to the 6.3% of the votes. But um, Mount Plungemore is almost 25% of the votes, so it's it's got quite a lead. Um, All right. But Plun- Plunger Peak could rally. It just doesn't look likely right now. Um, so we'll hash out two more faces a little bit later. Um, let's get into the little bit of news we have. It's not a whole lot. Is it breaking uh, news? Um, well, no. we don't deal with old news, so. <laughs> We've got breaking news, Jessica. This is just coming across the uh, news desk right now. I'm so excited. Uh, a few days ago, Iron Maiden Premium, <laughs> Premium was revealed. Um being the 
three, the third of three uh, art packages for Iron Maiden, and it looks nice. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. It's a, it's kind of a more yellowish uh, look to it. It's got Eddie busting out of the side of a, I would guess, a sarcophagus, and it looks great. Um, all three of the art packages on this game are fantastic. I there's not a whole lot to say about it other than it looks really really good and um you can find the pictures on pinball news this week in pinball um pinball supernova wherever you like to get your pinball news they've got it because it's everywhere but it looks great i still haven't played this game and you have a lot so good i'm still yeah i'm still crazy about this game it's so much fun um that loop shot. Everyone talks about the loop shot. The loop shot's just super fun to hit. Anything in that little upper mid section is so unique and interesting to hit. Um, and I've seen, yeah, and I've seen people put up some crazy scores on it now. I'm not to that point, but uh, I still have a lot of fun flipping on it, which is the point for me. So it's still um, high up on my list when I go out to play. If there's a spot that has one, um, I'm more than than happy to throw my quarters in there. Yeah. So it sounds like there's going to be an Ellie at um, Denver show. So that'll be awesome. I'm, I'm excited to play that. Um, at the New York Pinball Championships, uh, the loop jackpots were pretty exciting to watch how they could just rack up score. I love the rule that, um, is it that they're worth more or does it build up multiplier faster if you're not using the flipper, like holding it? It's worth more. Yeah. So if you're holding the flipper up, like you would do kind of on the camera on Twilight Zone, just to open that shot up a little bit more, um, then the shot is worth less if you're holding the flipper up. And I don't know how the machine knows to do that. I don't know what happens when you're like in multi-ball and you're flipping everything. Does it think that you're doing that even if you're... I'm not sure how it goes, but um, if you're holding up the left flipper... Apparently the shots are worth less. It's probably if the the switch is triggered simultaneously or within a certain range, like if the two switches are registered within a certain range of each other, um, which may which would be interesting is if like you could do like a simultaneous flip to see if you could kind of game it. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're registering it, but it's it's cool. Um, the game is full of tons of really neat stuff like that. Um, if you want it. I, like Keith has been on several podcasts talking about it. Um, he goes in depth uh, with Coast to Coast Pinball right after it was released. Um, the the designs and all that. He went on there and talked about the rules and progression of the game. But uh, more recently, he was on the Head to Head Pinball podcast. And uh, he gives a really long interview there. And they get into some of that stuff. And he talks about his philosophy of, you know, early on in the game, you're shooting up the middle a lot because uh, a, a novice player or someone who's new to the machine would, would logically know how to do that. But as you progress deeper into the game, it starts asking uh, more of you as far as shot variety goes or shot complexity goes. Um, so in a home environment, the deeper you get into the game, the more it's starting to challenge you. So it's, it's, it's obviously a game that's built... Um, to do well at home, but also if it's out on location and someone just shows up and they can slam a few middle shots, they're going to be satisfied. So pretty well, cool. And it's, it's obviously a game that's built by a player and someone who 
really enjoys getting into a game, but also likes for things to be accessible, which is something that um, Bowen and I talk about a lot in terms of, okay, how do you have a game that's interesting for new players or people who are just approaching it, but also have longevity? Like what makes a game something that's going to last for people and that's going to be one of those classic titles that people don't get sick of flipping on? So I think that... um, Keith's experience as a player really is shining in Iron Maiden and um, what he's done with the game. So it's really exciting. Yep. I won't recap everything that they talked about. So I would just listen to the head to head pinball podcast. Um, They've had some awesome interviews lately. Uh, The Keith Elwin one's great. Uh, Keith's hilarious. He's, he, he gave a good interview there. So go check it out. And by the next time we talk, um, on this silly little podcast i'll have played it so i'm excited to do that and we can geek out over all the little things that we like about it so that should be fun exciting even Um, though you're going to the lesser show to go learn about it i contest there there, are almost (laughs) 300 pinball machines uh so far for denver so i was talking to dan the organizer and i'm i'm excited to see how the show goes so it's gonna be fun um I almost forgot to mention this, but uh, they they did the the women's tournament in Las Vegas um, that just wrapped up the uh, why did I just forget the pin 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 pin, pin sorry that trailer Tom puts on and uh, the winner of that was Zoe Grable right from Portland yep. yep so hometown represent she won a pinball machine. Uh, yes. Second place was Pinball Molly out of California, and Carrie Wing, who won it last year, took third. So this this uh, event's one of the coolest things in all of pinball, if you ask me. Um, it's just Tom, out of like the goodness of his heart, putting forth an incredible. Oh, he, he this he partnered with Trent Augustine of Tilted Musicians, um, but he's been making this happen for years, and I feel like. It doesn't get the uh, publicity it deserves. It's a really cool event. Um, I know you and I have talked about it on the show because you've obviously played in it and had your, um, well, you know, standard pinball podcast uh, <laughs> near win experience there. I'm not going to call it standard because in this case, it was the difference between second place and first place was I got money. They got a pinball machine. <laughs> Hey, it's a little it, harder pill to swallow than our normal second place finish, which usually feels pretty good. I know. I know you would have liked to get that WWE because I believe it was on the line at the time, but, <laughs> but no, right. it, it's a fantastic prize and um, a really cool event. So congrats to the top three there. Um, and then uh, why, why I was a little that? bummed because, um, the pin pin weekend changed this year. So previous years, it's been the week before powder puff in Seattle, which is the big women's tournament in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and it sounds like Tom had a scheduling conflict this year. So moved it to the following weekend, which happened to be powder puff weekend. And, um, I ran powder puff this year with Maureen from babes and Pinland in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately it wasn't, um, feasible for me to make it to both. And I know that was the case for several women who were, you know, wanting to do both tournaments who sure. couldn't do both. So I'm hoping that 
in the future that that's not um, an ongoing conflict that that he has for dates. Um, unfortunately, the holiday weekend is since uh, Powder Puffs on a Sunday is the only time that that works to do because you know running a, a big full day event on a Sunday we can't do something that's not a holiday weekend. Right. So um, especially with people coming from Portland and you know sometimes we have Canadian players and things like that, but. Um, but Powder Puff this year was awesome. So um, Skillshot Pinball Zine has run Powder Puff historically. And they um, had some changes this year and needed to take a little bit of time off. So ask Maureen and I to, to step in and run that together. We'd been wanting to do a tournament with Babes and Bells. So this was a really good opportunity. We did a tropical theme. That's the uh, Jimmy Buffett intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're super that's, on on theme. Jeff. Thanks mechanic. for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it always takes place at Shorty's. Evat was awesome. They made um, some kind of punch that was oh my god! It was so much alcohol, um, and it was very blue. So it looked like we were drinking Windex, but it was um, <laughs> you know kept everyone fueled on rum, I guess throughout the day. Um, so that was pretty entertaining we did lots of decorating and uh we may have gone a little overboard decorating but you know i did dollar store decorations she did party store decorations and we pulled it all together um we had a costume contest so heather won our costume contest she had this awesome like full-length tropical dress and had her hair all done and flowers and everything was so good she brought a bunch of flower lays so everyone who entered the tournament um got flower lays and little tropical fans it was it was very fun it was very cool everyone got super into the theme which i love um and then we had our um our top four it was there were a ton of really close games like amazing players we did the battle format that i've been doing in um, portland for women's tournaments so the chess swiss um it's basically a head-to-head where each player picks a game to play, and whichever game you pick, you play first. So you play two games. Right. And if you win both of them, you get three points. And if you split, you each get one point. So we did five rounds um, in Chess Swiss, and then the top eight went into finals. And we did a ladder format for the finals. So um, top four, we had Brooke won this year. She only lost twice all day. So she was absolutely crushing it. It's just <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Hannah, who's the one who beat me at Pin Pin two years ago, she uh, got second place. And then Alexa took third and Laura got fourth. So that was our winner's circle. Um, all just incredible players. The second round in finals, Laura got game choice and she chose Safe Cracker. Huh. <laughs> Everyone's like, Um, (laughs) but it's, you know, I, I, Maureen and I kind of discussed earlier in the day and we're like, well, the only game that's out is Granny and the Gators because that's not really (laughs) all pinball. Um, and if you're not good at video games, you might not get to play the pinball. So we pulled that one out, but, um, you know, everyone was familiar enough with Safe Cracker and knew to kind of watch what player was up and things like that. So not an issue. It's the first time I've ever seen anyone play Safe Cracker, not just trying to get the coin. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. A whole new see, dynamic like, a different, there. <laughs> yeah, like totally different approach to the game because all I'm trying to do is like get on the board and get to that token. So 
Um, it was pretty neat seeing different strategies for points coming out of there. Um, yeah, really cool, interesting finals. Everyone there was super supportive and watching each other and cheering each other on. And it's, it's definitely one of those things that I see a lot more with women's tournaments um, where people are just so supportive and it's like, yeah, it's a bummer. I didn't win, but this person's doing really well and I'm really happy for them. Um, or even while you're playing someone really, you know, rooting for them. So it was super, super fun. Um, one of my bells, um, Brianne designed our posters this year and another bell, Jessica, um, she designed our awards for our trophies this year. And then we did an after party at the Diller Room. So we had tropical drinks and snacks um, and things like that for people. So we had a nice little after party. I may have after partied a little too hard. <laughs> all the rum. I drank all the tiki drinks. Um, so then I went just to, before I got back in the car, I went over to the Jupiter, which is right by Shorty's. Um, and they have that wide body row there. But like half the machines were off. So I was kind of bummed out um, then took off. But, um, yeah, then the next day, since it was Memorial day weekend, uh, the Monday was a holiday. So we did the Memorial day masters pin golf at eight bit in Renton, which I love playing there. They have a Houdini now. So I got some more games on Houdini. Oh, cool. Uh, still terrible at it, but I really like it. So yeah. yeah. My favorite Um, is the inverted and reverse flippers doing them both at the same time. I still haven't gotten to it, so one day I will get to experience it, but it sounds really cool, especially the inversion. I really want to play with the inversion, so I'll, I'll have to get there. I'm working on it. Yeah, it's a mind bender for sure. Yeah, so I uh, was lucky enough. Uh, Dave Stewart helped me and Danielle get a tea time in the morning so I had time to play and still get home back to Tesla since he's been been missing me <laughs> um, about to do that. She and I had lunch and then I hit the road, but it was, it was really fun and just got to hang out with some rad ladies all weekend. And I, I love this kind of thing. So whenever there's a chance to, to play more pinball with some more amazing women, I'm really happy to do it. Well, you may have a chance to play with, I don't know, 63 other women. <laughs> Except I'm TDing, so... <laughs> So you're not, um, <laughs> but you get to witness some fantastic play. Um, so yeah, last, uh, episode, uh, the B part, you and Kate Martin talked about the, um, whipped tournament and we got a lot of great response from that show. Um, everybody liked you guys, which made me think she needs to be permanent host of the show with you, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't hear that noise when I'm on the show. But uh, anyway, for, for the people who may have missed out on the details of everything, I would say you need to go listen to that episode for sure because it's not just about the tournament. It's, it brings up a lot of really great stuff about just things going on in pinball um, in general. And you guys did a fantastic job. Like I enjoyed listening to it. I started listening to it at work, and then I realized I was missing some stuff. And... Um, I have some podcasts that I deem, you know, work level podcasts where it's okay if I miss some stuff, but I had to stop and wait and listen to you guys later. So, um, it was great. Thanks. 
Yeah. You, you told me there was some good feedback. I was like, I didn't see any of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people sent me feedback. You guys should let uh, Jessica and Kate know how much you enjoyed it. <laughs> but people are scared to talk to us, Kate. I get it. You guys are really, really scary people. <laughs> Just intense. But uh, yeah, you guys did a fantastic job. Um, but since then, they have announced when tickets will be going on sale. And yes. That's great. I, you got 64 people that are allowed to register. And so June 2nd at noon Eastern stand Eastern. Is it Eastern standard time or Eastern standard time? Yep. June 2nd at noon Eastern standard time. And there will be a wait list similar to Pinberg. Yes. So um, you can go to replayfx.org, um, and it's a dash competition. So if you click on the competitions tab um, at the top of the page, there is uh, at the very bottom, it'll say women's international pinball tournament. And that's where you would click to register. Um, and that's also where you can click to contribute to the prize pool. Um, I know that Kate mentioned she was taking some donations for that as well. She has on June 10th um, in New York, if you guys are in the area at Jack Bar on June 10th, she's doing a fundraiser tournament where half the pot um, goes into the tournament winnings and the other half goes into help um, make this the biggest, uh, most lucrative women's pinball tournament to date. Yeah. I'd like to clarify that when you say half the pot, you mean prize pool uh, or entry entry fee not um marijuana cigarettes <laughs> because yeah the tournament's not in portland it's so not. so yeah. different laws in in pittsburgh so or yeah new Pennsylvania, york. new york wherever <laughs> jack bar is in new york um run by john he does a great job so yes that support that and definitely um, support support the tournament if you can't um, obviously attend the Jack Bar tournament, which would be pretty hard for a lot of our listeners to do. Um, you know, do as Jessica mentioned, and right there on the uh, Replay FX site, you can contact them and work with them to uh, support it. If you want to donate to the prize pool, that's great. Um, there may be other ways you can help, but reach out. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm. You know, I didn't play in powder puff either. I just do the TDing, and I I enjoy doing that. I like being able to facilitate other people being able to play. So um, I'm really happy to be involved in Whipped, and um, I'm really excited to see all the ladies come out. It's definitely going to sell out. Um, there'll definitely be a wait list. And I think that it's really cool because it offers something else for people to come out to replay for. So if you didn't sure. make it into Pittsburgh registration, you still get to play in this major tournament. You still have a chance to win like serious prize money and you get to check out replay effects because the show itself, even aside from Pittsburgh um, on tournament days is amazing. They have so many games and so much going on. Plus you get to hang out with everybody when, you know, in between rounds or when stuff is over for the day. So I think it's definitely, especially if you're nearby going to make it super worthwhile for women to come out who um, maybe weren't playing in the main tournament. Yeah, exactly. Get in there. Don't sleep in. It's not like it's super early. 9 a.m. on the West Coast. So 10 mountain time, 11 central, noon Eastern. 
So June 2nd. Okay, so two other little bits of news. Um, one is that the next Stern Vault uh, release has been unveiled. Did you see that? I did. So it's Star Trek. Kind of a surprise. Um, it's a game that sold extremely well, and there must have been some demand still out there for it. So if you want a Star Trek, you can get one. New in box. Uh, I thought it was going to be Tron. Yeah, I I guess the only thing I can think of is that uh, Tron would either demand such a large run that um, there may not be space on the on the line for right now because I know uh, Iron Maiden's doing really well, and maybe maybe there's just enough of current demand for Star Trek that they can do a smaller vault release now, and Tron could be licensing issues. Who knows? But um, Stern's, oh, Stern's done plenty of Disney stuff, but. I don't know. Hopefully that happens. Ooh, they should do a Tron like off the original. Like a retro styled one. That's Yes. So I have a Tron and I can't tell you how often people ask me when I'm ready ready to sell it, will I contact them first? The uh <laughs> the the dibs list is quite long on that game. So if they could put another one out, I know they'd sell a ton of them. Um Star Trek's a good game. Uh now when the last vault game out ACDC they actually did release new code for it so there's a chance that there could be a little bit of a code polish on on Star Trek we'll have to see I don't know for sure but that'd be great if they would make Star Trek like the actual original series also that would be amazing thank you they're not doing that for you okay Why not? but they could always revisit Star Trek and do the original cast that would be cool a new design. I need to erase all memory of Into Darkness from my mind. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> final bit of news, unless we realize later that I forgot something, which I'm sure I did. <laughs> I didn't write anything down. That never happens. It always happens. And there's always breaking news the day after the show publishes. So anyway. Oh, yeah. Um. I was going to mention Doug Score leaving Chicago Gaming, going to Stern, but that's been covered widely. I I don't have a lot to comment on that. I don't know if you do, but th- no, yes. I hadn't heard much about it. You were you're my news source. Okay. Um, <laughs> listen to any other podcast, and they'll talk about it. But uh, the the one that I did think was interesting is Stern finally released the Supreme Pinball Machine. And oh, yeah. um, when that was unveiled, it was unveiled to all sorts of confusion. And um, it sold out like Pinberg time. It did. So this thing was quite expensive. A lot of people bought them to flip them. But um, it basically sold out immediately. And now when you say flip them, uh, as in <laughs> flip them for profit, not necessarily play them, not flip them for Though it is based on a pretty dang cool game. I actually think that Spider-Man home thing is pretty fun. Um, I think the ball. That's right. It's the same layout as the Spider-Man home. Pen. It's just a retheme of it. So uh, it also has really cool space AG sounding sound effects to it. Um, if you watch the promo video they released, the guy that's wearing like 30 rings, um, those sound <laughs> effects are in the game. So it really sounds like that. It sounds kind of cool. But uh, okay, but everyone knows you shouldn't wear rings when you're playing pinball because then you're going to dent your what thirty thousand dollar pinball cabinet. Yep. But that guy, 
playing his Supreme game, does not care. So I saw <laughs> one on eBay going for like $22,000. So the Supreme collectors and the deep-pocketed pinball collectors have caused this Venn diagram of um, crazy spending. So Yeah. Um, well, there's one out on location in New York. I saw, I was, I saw some photos and... I'll actually be there um, in a few weeks, so I'm gonna go play go it. Play it. I hope that the side is not all tagged. It just invites it. It's this huge white space. I could totally yeah. see people pulling out the sharpie. But it uh, would be more visually interesting. Than it is currently, <laughs> I know. but it should be fun. I just personally, I cannot fathom paying that. But uh, if you've got the money and you're a collector, have at it and. Stern obviously made a good call partnering with them for that. So fun stuff. Um, I think that's all I've got. Uh, I don't really want to get into the Dutch pinball madness. It's just depressing, but more issues there. Yeah. So should we, should we, um, should we talk about some Mount plunge more? And then after that, get into what we've been doing. Yeah, no, we can definitely uh, do you, that. Plunger peak. Plunger peak in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting bullied by these voters, I'm telling you. Well, you're the one who left it up to them. I know. I, don't know I know. I'm I'm fine with the Steve Kordak uh uh coronation. It's no, it's not really a coronation. What would you call it? Um cause coronation Chis- is like chiseling? a single person being you know ke- in, Indu- in, in in induction. I guess? Induction. Okay. They're yeah. being inducted. Um so so yeah, to recap, we have Steve Kordek. Congrats to the late Steve Kordek and all who voted for him. Um, a very worthy selection. So now we're going to pick two people uh, this this week. And we'll have to see if this devolves into a fight. I really wanted one last time and we didn't have it. So We didn't because if this we're ends, civil yeah, if human beings. If this ends with you angry and calling me dumb... I think we've done a good thing. You'll be pleased. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are a lot of ways that that can happen. So I know let's not limit it to just Mount Plungemore. Oh, I know. I, I, I would just say I expect it to happen later in the show. It'd be nice if it happened again right here. So, (laughs) Uh, so according to the votes, here are the people that we're going to have to pick two from. And then after that, um, the fourth and final face will be chosen at the Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown. Um, it'll be at June 8th at 6.30. That's the live show. And for all four of you people who are going to come, you get to... <laughs> so, I'm a little bit worried. Friday at 6.30. Oof. People like barely yeah. get home from work. But uh, it'll be okay. Maybe I'll have to do some like live Twitter uh, voting or something, but it'll be fine. So here are eight people from which we will pick two. Uh, Roger Sharp, David Gottlieb, Harry Williams, Steve Ritchie, Keith Elwin, Gary Stern, Lyman Sheets Jr., and Pat Lawler. Um, before we argue, let's give a brief rundown. So we talked, we discussed Roger last time and how he's basically like pinball royalty. <laughs> um, he made the shot to, uh, help bring pinball back from its um, illegal status 
Plus, he's written books. He's just been a great ambassador. He's been involved in licensing. Roger Sharp's awesome. Hard to think of a better guy um, in pinball. Uh, obviously, David Gottlieb and Harry Williams are founders of the Gottlieb and Williams um, pinball manufacturing companies. So there's a lot that, I mean, you don't need to say a lot beyond that because those two companies were the giants in pinball for decades. Um, Steve Ritchie, designer of many, many, many popular pinball machines. Um, you know, from Atari to Williams to Stern. I mean, he he did a, a lot. Um, he's still doing it. So, Keith Elwin, um, what, 11 time, his name has been raised in the rafters at the Papa facility. So, fantastic tournament player, possibly the greatest pinball player of all time, um, at least competitively. And current designer at Stern Pinball, who just designed Iron Maiden, and everybody loves it. Everyone likes Keith. Gary Stern, head of Stern Pinball, and his father, Sam Stern, was uh, over Stern Electronics, major uh, wonderful stars that you have in there. That, that wasn't Gary's doing, but by relation. Gary, I think um, a lot of people like to give him a hard time because... He shows up a lot of times, maybe a little bit um, four drinks in, I'd say, um, to shows. And and he likes to talk about, you know, operators and beer and pinball. And, but, but Gary did a lot to keep pinball alive through the down years. And he's been part of, oh, dang it. Now I forgot what I, I wanted to talk about this show. Okay, so next show we're going to talk about the, the Stern turnaround, okay? The Stern around okay. and Stern around. I like and it. Gary Stern was there through all of it. Um, plenty to be critical of. A whole lot more to praise him about, though. Gary Stern is definitely on this list for good reason. Um, I want to talk about his dad more. We'll, we'll do a show talking about his dad. I think we should. I yeah. think we should definitely do uh, a Sam Stern show. That would be great. I feel like we were starting to get on that track when um, we did our Steve Kirk episode, yeah. and then for whatever reason we fell off of it, but I want to get back on it. Okay. Sam Stern would be an awesome one. Uh, Lyman Sheets Jr. is the next one. Now, Lyman, yes. also one of the best competitive pinball players ever, but also one of the best pinball coders of all time. He's programmed a ton of games, and if you have played one of his games that he's worked on the code on, you probably like that game, or you you at least like what it asks of you as a player. Um, Lyman really, he, he was a big part of modernizing pinball rule sets. Um, as the designs got more and more complex through, say, like the 80s and 90s, it wasn't really until someone like Lyman came along to bring the code up to match those design um, complexities. So Lyman's awesome. Uh, I think, you know, he and Keith Johnson are always kind of held up as the two guys that can just really put out some deep, fantastic code. Um, there are other great coders out there, but Lyman's been doing it for a very long time, and his influence has been felt in the industry for literally decades. So good choice, voters. And then the final one that we're going to be on is Pat Lawler, my personal favorite pinball designer ever. Um, he's very... Uh, he seems to be able to pack more into a playfield than anybody. So he uses every single last centimeter of space that he's given. 
and every last penny on a bill of materials he's given as well. Um, obviously, he designed the Addos Family, the best-selling pinball machine of all time. Twilight Zone, my favorite game. Um, Pat Lawler, yeah. Like Steve Ritchie, has been around for a long time, so a lot of great stuff. So, Still working. Right. Can we really only have four faces? I wanted to do five, but uh, <laughs> former former uh, co-host of this show, uh, Grumpy Don, said it needs to be four to, to properly mirror the actual Mount Rushmore monument. Um, that's right, Don, calling you out. I said five is a pinball number because three ball, five ball, but it'll make our selections right. a little bit more meaningful. Um uh, John Cawson actually messaged me with a asking where um, like the uh, the Kevin Kulix uh, would fit in on this, and I told him that he could his face could go in the urinals in the uh, visitors center, but that could be our fifth face. But anyway, no, we got his <laughs> so right away of those eight. Um, Roger Sharp, David Gottlieb, Harry Williams, Steve Ritchie, Keith Ellen, Gary Stern, Lyman, She's Jr., Pat Lawler. Uh, is there one that jumps out at you like him for sure? Well, there are two that jump out at me probably straight away. Um, so Lyman from our last discussion uh-huh. is definitely um, definitely someone who I think has contributed so much and continues to um, and takes so much pride in his work and wants the games to be super enjoyable and wants them to be as complete as possible. And I'm not going to go through everything that we went through last right. time again. But He loves, he loves think, pinball. He doesn't just do it for a living. He, he loves it. Right. And listens to feedback and works on his own time to be able to get code up for games and for someone to, to, put so much into this hobby and something that, I mean, it's a game really. People get super upset about all this stuff all the time. It's a game. It's a hobby that we love and it's something that's super enjoyable. And for him to, to take such pride of work and really want the games to be super complete that he puts his own time and energy and love into all of these machines. I think that that's just, I mean, you can't ignore that and how impactful that continues to be in the hobby and how that's really got us. Like if you look at the code that he's done and you know, you look at other games around at the time, like he really raised the bar for people and wants those games to be better and continues to raise the bar where people have these expectations of this really strong, complete code on games. So I think that he's, he's definitely, um, there and um harry williams is the one that i was surprised that didn't show up last week um who would have been my my kind of write-in um you know number one williams when you just look at the company and everything that's happened there and then when you look at game design um there's just there's so much history there and so i don't know so many just amazing amazing games that may not have come about without Harry's hand. Right. Okay. What about you? What's your, uh, your initial Well, since you said go to, since you said two and I asked for just one, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say my, my two that I'm feeling right now, I would say Lyman as well. I agree with that. Um, 
it, it's for all the reasons you said this weekend and last time. Um, I'm really feeling that. Um, also, I would I would say Roger Sharp as well, just because he's helped so many people, um, and he continues to be like a pinball ambassador. But but you cannot discount obviously the Harry Williams impact because if Harry Williams didn't come along. Uh, I, I don't know how many people find their way into pinball and stick around as long as they do. Um, like he's a true founding father of pinball, him and David Gottlieb both. Um, it's, and that's what this mountain's supposed to be, it right? It is. Um, the true titans of pinball. Um, I, I don't want to discount um, Anybody else on this list? Uh, you know, with Steve Ritchie, Pat Lawler, um, Keith Elwin, all three being designers. Um, I don't want to say I want to limit. I don't want to eliminate them, but I feel like uh, they did come at a time where they built upon um, some of the early designers, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. and, and with Steve Kordek being up there, I think he kind of represents the designer side a little bit. Not saying we shouldn't have another designer, but um, that his impact. Well, and Harry also designed, so he did a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, I would say my final three would be yes: Roger Sharp, Harry Williams, Lyman Sheets. Uh, we got to get we got to get two here. I was gonna say you jumped up. You <laughs> you were upset with me for choosing two when you said one, and now you've That's chosen exactly three. why I did it. <laughs> That's exactly why I did it. All right. Well, I'm sticking to my guns. Harry and Lyman. Harry and Lyman. Well, we have a we have a crossover firmly on Lyman. Do you want to? Are, are you okay saying Lyman is face number two? Yes. Okay. I, I'm I'm there too. I think he's a great pick. Heck yeah! I am. Yay! Welcome, Lyman. Plus, he's super approachable and nice. If you see him at a show, um, don't be afraid to say hi. Cool. Um. So Lyman, welcome to Mount Punchmore. <laughs> it sounds so anticlimactic when we say it like so that. On the windward side, you have the pinball uh, greats. On the leeward side, you have uh, famous plumbers in history. So, okay, <laughs> this is where it's going to get scary. We got it. We got to pick between Roger Sharp and Harry Williams. I think this is going to be tough because. I would be really scared if Roger Sharp didn't make it, but I would understand why he wouldn't make it. But at the same time, it feels like super wrong not to have either Harry Williams or David Gottlieb. If I'm picking between Harry and David, I, I lean Harry. Um, right. I, I, I'm partial to his games and his design. And that's, and I know that there are people who are like diehard golly people. And that's awesome. And I also love those games, <laughs> but I think a lot of this, a lot of this whole mountain idea, this is a lot of like personal preference and things that are important to you as someone in the hobby and like your own experience with it. So I, I totally understand. And I'm not discounting Roger by any stretch of the imagination or anyone else on that list. Um, I've actually had a few people talk to me about it and make a strong case for Bowen being there because of his impact yeah. on them as players. So Bowen was getting them to really like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You know, <laughs> sorry. Um, 
you know, have a better understanding of games and feel more confident as players and, you know, getting into it to the depth that they did as opposed to just going and throwing some quarters and flipping and walking away. Um, so I think that everyone has their own take on, on what this actually looks like and the importance of, of the figures that are on there and where they fit in the, you know, the lexicon in the lexicon. Yeah. And, um, I, I do want to mention that the next up in votes was Bowen. So uh, it doesn't mean that he's won't be considered for the fourth face. Uh, just on this, he just, I was surprised it Keith um, slipped in there just ahead of him literally today. And it was, it was within like the last couple of hours. Um, we got a flurry of votes about an hour before the show started. And that's where it swapped it. So, uh, Plus, Bowen is actually working in pinball, um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, he, he he could be he could definitely end up on this still, um, but it is good to mention what he's done for playing. I know a lot of people that said that they got into competitive pinball because they were able to learn games through his through his t- tutorials. And you make yeah. a good um, you make a good point about personal impact uh, here. So, hmm. So we're not any closer, but you know, there we go. <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think the reason I, I think, here, here's the problem. My head says Harry Williams for sure. My, I've got this like emotional attachment to Roger Sharp, um, because I, I do remember the, the lean years in pinball um, when Roger Sharp was still one of the upbeat voices. There was a time when even people creating pinball at the time designers are saying yeah pinball is going to die out it probably won't be around but like roger was always so positive so i I have a lot of like uh emotional pull there but i don't know right well i mean when you when you talk about the people saying that pinball is going to die out and things like that i mean let's go to to steve kirk which we know steve kirk's one of my absolute favorite designers right um and he worked a lot with Harry Williams in terms of game design. Um, and the reason that Harry Williams is on my list as opposed to Steve Kirk is because he's had so many, like been involved in so many different ways and has gone cross company, you know, like was designing for Stern after um, Williams and, and, and all that fun stuff too. So it's like, okay, there's a lot that goes into all of this. Right. Um, in terms of decision making, but you look at like the the view to the future, and Steve Kirk was predicting that people were going to buy games to have in their homes before that was a thing that people did. Like he was very forward thinking for sure. This, yeah, this total like pinball clairvoyance and this really interesting. You know, he's the one who was pushing for tournament play and had it added to machine backlasses and stuff because he was just like, this is going to be a thing that people do. And I don't know if he, like, you know, made that happen because he said it's a thing that's going to happen. Like, you know, he was at the forefront of of a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's like, okay, he also had a lot of those things and wasn't saying, okay, this is going to die and really did have a vision for it for the future. Okay. Oh, now I'm talking myself into putting him on. (laughs) Well, we do have a fourth face. So um, so, so there's some interesting stuff. So. Okay, this conversation steered me, and um, I I'm I'm 
backing off the Roger Sharp for now, I'd still like to see him have a shot at that fourth face. And I've I've talked myself into David Gottlieb, Harry Williams. Now now here's the here's the things that I would compare between them. So Gottlieb obviously was was first. Um, you know they they released Baffle Ball in 1930, which was the first coin op pinball machine, and then they obviously put the first flippered game on with uh, Humpty Dumpty by that Harry Mabs designed, but. Um, you know, Harry Williams, like for all the reasons you said, um, I'm pulled to that. Plus, Williams invented the tilt, which um, was pretty rad. Like, I can't think... Be, the flipper's a big deal, um, obviously. Um, so is the tilt. Uh, I mean, those are the two probably most important mechs uh, in, in a game. Okay, but also, like, Gorgar was the first voice. Yeah. So, you know, when you start looking at innovations that were brought in and things like that, there's there's a lot. And I I, I guess I would say this. I would say Harry Williams was way more hands-on when it comes to um, driving uh, those those changes in in the game of pinball. Yeah. Boy, it's tough between the two, but I, I think I think I lean Harry Williams still. I think so. Yay. <laughs> so, should we say Harry's number three? Yes. Okay. So Steve Kordek, Lyman Sheets Jr., Harry Williams. We have one space left, but we've got three settled. And I know it's not David Gottlieb, so excited. but Premier Technology came out of Gottlieb, and I'm going to retroactively... Oh wait, what did what did um what did he call the tilt before it was called the tilt? Wasn't it called something else? Like it had like a like a really cute name. It um, wasn't tilt. I actually don't know. I would have to. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google. Do the Googles. Yeah, let's. let's <laughs> you you <see>. banter while <laughs> I figure this out. <laughs> while we Google to not have dead air, um, boy, big fight, fight it out. Ah, little pigeon. Of course, Williams also did basically kill pinball for a little while, but that's okay. We'll forgive that. He call, he called the tilt the stool pigeon. The stool pigeon. <laughs> That's fun. Right? Was that Harry Williams that gave it that name? Do we know? Yeah. Harry named his first such device Stool Pigeon, but soon changed the name to Tilt. Okay. Because, I, yeah, I know he created it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel good about it, Jessica. I feel good about it, too. I do. I know that some people are going to be mad about it, but that's okay. <laughs> it, that's, that's, you know what? Everybody's going to have their one or two guys that, or women that they'd love to see there. And you guys are going to have to like seriously come and vote now on the, the Denver thing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, um, I'm going to be sweating that out. I tell you. So are people voting in advance? How is this working? Because as we alluded to earlier, the Denver show happens at the same time as the Northwest pinball and arcade show, which has over 400 machines. Oh, they'll get <clears> them. <throat> so, you know, 
Same weekend, um, in this one is in Tacoma, so right between Portland and Seattle. It's highly attended, super fun show, um, and the first place prize in the women's tournament is a new in box Hobbit from Jersey Jack. That's generous, right? Oh wait, did we mention that aside from all the prize money and whipped? Uh, so over five thousand dollars in prize money and first place of the women's international pinball tournament gets Keith Elwin's personal iron maiden. Dang. I didn't know that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That was an addition that came probably 10 minutes after Kate and I recorded that episode. (laughs) Again, in tradition with the show, things tend to break after. I mean, right after. (laughs) Seriously. If whenever you listen to one of our shows, immediately go check one of the pinball news sites because there's gonna be something really cool there um okay so drop pinball news site got it so here here's the thing the idea originally was just to let the live show audience select it um but it's 6 30 on a friday exactly uh i hate changing the rules midway but um i think the way that we can handle this is you and I are going to, to give the nominees, right? And we'll Oh, are click- we? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we had to have our hand in it at some point. Um, I know that we just discussed and picked, but this is the, the idea is that the final face was going to be reversed. So uh, what we'll do is we'll clean slate votes from uh, this point on based on who we put up, and then we'll weight those vo- votes into the final um, voting at the show as well. Uh, I think that would work best. And then the live show will have the discussion of, of who it's going to be. Um, one, one name. So we had eight to decide two. Should we, should we do four names or since we're four gonna, names for people to decide four names to pick between? One. Yeah. Um, that seems actually let's do reasonable. Let's do five. Because I, I did mention, I did mention a gimmick choice that I was interested in putting forth, and oh, you did to not detract from all of the fantastic pinball people, because um, I have a feeling that that stupid choice is going to take a lot of votes, um, but it may not. People might see it as a gimmick, and if it wins, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, let Let's pick five. So. Uh, it, let's see if we can come up with five. So the gimmick choice is the attack from Mars alien head. Um, although I also proposed Elvira when you put forth the, um, alien head. So, yeah. I, is there a way that we could do like, um, the mascot right in and, um, all right, let's not, Let's to base Elvira to mascots? No, because I was saying I wanted to include like Rudy. But if we went that distance, we just have to say the fourth face needs to be a character. We don't, she's a character. She is a character. Um, no, let's not do that. Uh, okay, well, let's come up with our, uh, with our names. Um, my, I, would like, I would like Roger Sharp and Gary Stern to stay in the mix, but I don't know. Um, Do you Ugh, to get it down to four? This is so hard. Five. <laughs> if it gets really, really tough, we can kick out the mascot vote. 
I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> what are your first thoughts, though? Um, and then we'll start trimming. Um, I think that Roger should be in there. I think that Bowen should be in there. Okay. I like that. Let's give a little bit of variety from where folks are coming from. Well, he, he was really high in the votes, so people wanted to yeah. see him um, in the mix. So. Yep. So, um, where are you? Where are you leaning? I let's see. I've got um, Roger, Gary, Bowen. Um, I don't want to just base it off the votes. I mean, because there's I there's like Wayne Neans and Harry Mabs, more of the founding father types. Um, Harry Mabs. He put flippers on the game. He's first. Yeah. Uh, let, I'll, I'll pre- I can argue him off, but I just want to write his name down for now. Um, any other names? Even some that you might want to carry forward, like the ones that didn't make it. We Like David Gottlieb, Steve Ritchie, Pat Lawler, Keith Elwin. I don't know if you want um, to carry those forward. For I mean, I think... Yeah, I think Gottlieb should, should be... You know, there as well. Okay. Joe Kamenkow. There are so... Margaret how are we going to get this down to four? <laughs> I'm like sitting here thinking about it. I was like, five. I don't... How are we... Yes, five, but with your with your novelty choice. But still five. I think, I think the point here <laughs> is that there are so many people that have been instrumental in bringing the hobby to where it is now and the game to where it is now. Yeah. I'm having a tough time. Um, this down. Can we go off votes? Can we, can we look at the votes and use that to shape this for, but we can. So if we went off votes, it would still be Roger Sharp, Gary Stern, David Gottlieb, Bowen Cairns. Um, after Bowen, it's Harry Mabs, then Wayne Neans. I feel I feel good about since this is the vote from the people who are listening, I feel good about using the votes from the people who are listening to come up with the the names that are going into the final vote. And and by the way, that's if we don't carry forward Steve Ritchie, Pat Lawler, Keith Ellen. But we did debate them. Um I'm okay moving down the list a little bit and taking some fresh names. Yeah. I'm okay with that too. So if we went by that, it would be Roger Sharp, Gary Stern, Bowen Cairns, and David Gottlieb. And then then here's how I want to handle the mascot vote. Oh, God. Instead of just saying... Um, not mascot, I'll say character. Instead of just saying attack from Mars alien head, I just want to say mascot. And then if mascot wins, you and I get to choose which. <laughs> so we'll we'll choose if it's the alien, if it's Rudy, if it's the bride, if it's Elvira. Um, Red, maybe Ted. Oh, man. This is tough. It is. There's no reason why we can't just say six. 
There's no reason we had to say like ten. Just all, all the ones yeah. from the vote. Just put them all in. Um, if do you feel like there's something missing from this list? Roger Sharp, Gary Stern, Bowen Cairns, David Gottlieb, mascot. I'm sure there is, oh, but I know there is, but um, but I think that there's a variety between that and what we have currently. Yeah, I mean, you have Roger is kind of like a lifetime ambassador and licensor, and he did design as well. Um, Gary Stern, obviously, he's been the head of a pinball company, the the probably the biggest modern, you know, leader of a pinball company. Bowen from the player and tournament angle and a super ambassador of pinball today. Um, and then obviously David Gottlieb for all we said earlier and then character vote for if, if people want this to be a little bit light. So. <laughs> ow, ow. Sorry. Tesla is sitting on my lap. He wants. He decided now was a good time to chew on my hand. He would be eligible for the character vote. Oh yeah, Tesla, you're gonna be on a mountain. Um. Now lick more. (laughs) Are you? Should we go with that? (laughs) It's hard to Um, it's hard to finalize that because once once we say it and we turn off the recording, we're kind of locked into that. Are we? No, but kind of. <laughs> All right. It's supposed well, to be hard. It, the fact that it's hard is a good thing. Like, there's been a lot of great people. <laughs> Stop it. Stop what? I want to do what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <sighs> okay. Can we go with that and then, like... If when something strikes me, because it will, like Clay Harrell and how he helped hundreds and thousands of people repair pinball machines, or uh, Lloyd Olson yeah. for being the nicest guy on the internet for twenty five years running, or I mean, there's a lot of people that we will say, "How did we forget them?" But this is a combination of what we think and what people actually voted for, so it's not all on us, just mostly. I am choosing to make it even less on me. Like I want to use what the what everyone else has submitted for nomination. Right. It should be representative. I, I, I don't want this pressure. This is a basically. pinball democracy. <laughs> we have democratized uh, choice here. Yikes. I, I'm okay with that pool of five. Um, and then I would like to, on the wrap up, um, that we, we can do some uh, the honorable mentions or we can talk about some of the other people who got votes. Um, I know that won't put their face on the mountain, but there's a lot of people to recognize in this and that's why it's been hard. So. <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's so, so people move forward in the voting. Now I'll, I'll create a new link just so um, it's clear. But, and, and I'll make it, um, so to make it, to make it easier on people <laughs> voting, harder, harder to tabulate of these five choices, Roger Sharp, Gary Stern, Bowen Karens, David Gottlieb character, um, you'll get to 
order them one through five. You can just vote for one if you have like a firm, this is my first choice. But um, if you vote for one, that person gets five points. If you vote for two, it'll be five points, four points on down so that uh, pe people can vote for it the way they vote for like NBA awards. But um, just order them. So it's weighted. It's weighted, yeah. And, and that, I think, helps people to break those tiebreakers in their mind a little bit. Um, and uh, it might help us break the tie in the end. Um, if everyone chooses one, there's a lot higher probability of a tie than if it's weighted voting. So, If there's a tie, Jessica, I will call you from Denver and say... <laughs> You're breaking this thing, <laughs> and everyone's going to hate you for it. Oh, God. All right. So I'm okay with it. I'm ready to, to lock it in and move on. Okay, let's do it. Boom. Okay. So people Ooh, who vote, you're so going to have a pressure. say in this, and then attendees at Denver, you're all, you also are going to as well. So show up. Come see the show. Um, by the way, I'm... So there is a way for people to vote if they're not there. Yes. So, so ahead of time, get your votes in. Um, I'll create a new voting form. I'll put it on the Facebook page and pin side and I'll try and track down everywhere it's been shared and update people. But um, it should be if people are following and they're caring about this, they'll find it. The new the new form. So, OK. And uh, this should be fun. I, I mean, any of these selections, I think, will be great up there. And I'm happy with the three we've settled on so far. So. Uh, you know, maybe this is something that we revisit five, ten years from now and someone else can come up with a new mountain and then tear ours down and whatever. But the, the part that should be really fun is getting the art for it made and then um, doing those prints and T-shirts or whatever and, and getting some charitable aspect out of this as well. So, Okay. Okay. Can I, can I segue? Uh. Yeah, and by the way, just because you said that, I have to share what I saw today. I saw a guy riding a Segway, holding an extension ladder <laughs> over his head, and he was flying. What? Like, he had that thing at max speed. <laughs> it was one of the most dangerous and reckless things I've ever seen. He had a kitten up a tree right that very second. Maybe. It was out in, front of, was out in front of Best Buy, so I was so confused. Maybe his cable went out. And not a hoverboard, right. a Segway. So it was extra weird. Very specific. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, so my, my quick little segue before I start getting into other stuff um, is that I have, well, I guess I'll really quick do trips I have coming up because this will tie in. So um, as we said, Northwest Pinball Arcade Show, if you're going to be there, I would love to see you and play some games with you. It's going to be a super fun weekend. Um, so from there... I am going to Boston. I have um, going to be, Bowen's going to be at the Northwest show. And then I have my friend Simon from New Zealand is actually, um, he's playing in the worlds right now in Toronto and um, he's doing a little East coast tour. So we're going to meet up with him in Boston do a few days there. And then the three of us are going to go to New York and visit my mom, um, play some pinball there. So if you are in Boston or New York and want to play pinball, then please let me know. because I would like to do that. And then I'm taking to my, my mom to Chicago for the weekend. We're going to go see Gomez, the band Gomez. 
um, it's the 20th anniversary of their first album. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. Um, where I fell in love with them. So they're playing two shows in Chicago. And since I'm missing the show in Portland, uh, I'm taking my mom to go see them in Chicago for a little weekend getaway. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. Then I get back for a couple of days and then I leave to go back to Australia. So the Brisbane Masters is coming up in July. So I'm going to go do that. Um, I'm going to spend a couple of days in Melbourne. So um, hopefully get to see the head to head kids and uh, play some pinball in Melbourne. So if you're there and want to play pinball with me, also let me know. I would like to play pinball when I go travel in case you guys can tell. But um, while I'm back, I'm going to be back for a month in Australia. So I'm going to be opening the Pinball Grotto a bit more that Dr. John runs um, and have some more hours that people can come in and play there. I'm going to keep working on machines because, you know, I've been mildly working on fixing machines, which is awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say you're going to be there in a month or for a month? Or is it both of those things? Both of those things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm super excited that I just scheduled another event that I will be throwing at Netherworld in Brisbane. Um, So I think people may remember I did the Hawaiian shirt tournament with them there. Um, And we just nailed down today that I will be doing a fundraiser event with them for Happy Tales Animal Rescue. So it's a not-for-profit, no-kill animal rescue um, in Queensland. So we're excited to be supporting them. And I am bringing Pinball Prom to Australia. By the way... So fancy dress (laughs) split flipper. I need need someone (laughs) to uh, Photoshop into something again. Uh Oh, no. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so uh, we just nailed that down today. So it's going to be July 8th at Netherworld in Brisbane. So hopefully people can come out to that. Details to follow. But we will be doing prom photos. I'm excited. That's all. Uh, we're going to have a nice backdrop. Still at a pinball machine. Pinball prom photos. Um, it doesn't. You don't have to be part of a couple. You can come and play with a friend. Um, yeah, but I'm super excited for that. Um, for that, that's coming up. So, yeah, that yay. sounds awesome. Um, that's my mild segue. Cool. Now we can talk about what you've been doing in Not pinball. a whole lot. Um, actually, <laughs> so I've, I've been out of town um, quite a bit recently, but I have been playing my machines when I've had a chance. Um, what? Yeah, like the baby's still not sleeping super great, but um, he's let me get a little bit in. So that's been nice. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned last show, but I paid off total nuclear annihilation. So that's coming real soon. Um, nice. The hope was that it could possibly be ready for the Denver show and I'd have it shipped to Denver, let people play it there and then bring it home with me. But I am not going to be doing that. It won't be ready quite in time, but I will be bringing something back from Denver, by the way. <gasps> Yes. Really? Really? So, really? So, yes. <laughs> so, the plan is I'm going to fly out to Denver and I'm going to drive home with Evil Knievel. So, yes. so it's it's making its next hop. Um, June 11th, it moves again. So, 
Oh my gosh, I'm so yeah. excited. Or uh, is it yeah. June 11th? No, June 10th. It's going to be making the move from Denver to Salt Lake City. And uh, yes. the, the, the final hop, we'll have to figure out when and how. But it's getting closer. It's moved. Well, it's going to be in the same time zone, Denver to Salt Lake. But it's moved across too. So one more to go. Yeah. Um, well, and AJ was just on uh, this flipping podcast too, my friend AJ, who's got it. evil in Denver currently. So, oh man, I'm so excited. It's almost here. <laughs> you'd have a party yeah so that's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to see it um i'll make sure to uh bring my evil enabler uh jacket along and yes i want a picture with you too with your jackets on so i'll i'll get i'll make sure that aj brings this up to the show and that'd be great sweet um (laughs) boy i'm so excited so so I've played a little bit of location pinball, um, not a ton, um, but events I, I've just missed out. Like we just had our monthly IFPA, but I was um, in the middle of nowhere, uh, no cell service even, so I was camping over Memorial Day weekend. Um, so yeah, that, not not a lot, but I think the update's fun. But now I know for sure I'm bringing your game back. So yes, oh I can't wait. Okay, well you have to. <laughs> Um, okay, so I've been doing a lot of stuff, <laughs> as per usual. Um, talked about a lot of it already, so this should be, this should just be the Australian segment. <laughs> and I should figure out what the timestamp is, because my Brisbane Mafia friends are always just like, just let us know what time you talk about us. It is <laughs> like okay, one hour and 13 Here. minutes. One hour and 13 minutes in. Stamp it. Um... Yeah, so after we last spoke and after I did the episode with Kate um, in Australia, I went and did another Twitch stream over at Netherworld um, with Jimmy and Vinny. We played um, Data East Star Wars, which I'm terrible at. Um, Our friend Jono joined us as well for that one, so we had a nice, full, goofy morning. Um, We added a foot cam to the Twitch stream because when we were playing Trident, we were just like, Oh man, we need a camera on like the fancy footwork <laughs> that people were doing while they were playing. So when he actually added foot cam <laughs> for the Star Wars stream, although I don't feel like the foot cam was as interesting on data East as it would have been on Trident because like early solid states are the games that make me dance like Elaine. So, Oh yeah. It's all about some body English on those things. Yeah. Stars will have you going forward, <laughs> Um, Eight Ball Deluxe for me is my is my Elaine. Uh, <laughs> really kicks that kicks that into overdrive. So, um, so yeah. So did the Twitch and then headed into my main reason for going out there, which is the Cooley Classic. So it was a three day, three days full of tournaments um, in Coolangatta. So out on the Gold Coast, just gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful out there. And uh, Time Zone, which is the venue that we were at, is right across from the ocean. So you can look out the window by the pinball and see the beach. Mm. Super, super beautiful. Um, So I opened up the pinball grotto for people to get some practice. Nobody came by. Everyone went straight to the beach. And I can't say I blame them. Um, But I fixed a flipper on Paragon. Like, I 
I told John, I was like, it's not working. And he was like, all right, we'll take a look and see what it is. So I opened it up, immediately figured out that there was a wire disconnected, and I did my first ever soldering. You're a fixer now. I was stoked. Um, and then when I came home, the upper lip flipper on Sea Witch wasn't working. And I like opened it up and I was like, oh, I need to solder this and can't find my soldering iron. So I'm just like, okay, I know someone used it and I don't know what happened to it after that, but I will fix it on my own and I'm excited to do it. Um, so then headed to uh, time zone. So on the Friday night, um, it was a three strike tournament and also a uh, the Australian Women's Championship. So um, the women's was a herb style qualifying, and then the three strike um, started a little bit after the qualifying started. So women were able to um, put scores in in between rounds or once the three strike was over. Um, I was scorekeeping, and we managed to get most people through pretty quickly so i would just find people and be like have you played this one yet how about this one <laughs> like get people around to get all their games in boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah so i did qualify for the women's i ended up coming in fifth place it was again kind of like powder puff like everyone just had such an amazing time and you're just like genuinely excited for the people you're playing against even to do well so really supportive amazing group of women um so Holly, who is one of the organizers of the whole event, she got first place. Um, and then Esther, who's um, a Portland Belle, she got second place. Emily Cawson got third place. And Tanya, who runs Bells and Chimes um, in Brisbane and runs Pincadia in Brisbane, she got fourth place. So um, amazingly played like all day just killing all the things like really strong games um amazing women so so excited to play with all of them um got to see um uh, lisa who's a friend i met in new zealand over at pincade um and just like little little reunions um that's your home now i got to meet I know, I know. Everyone keeps calling it home, and I was like, "That sounds good." Um, finally, got to meet Nomi, who I'd heard wonderful things about. She was super lovely, and then Alex and Lauren, who are Brisbane Bells, who I'd met um, at Netherworld previously. They totally were my like little cheering squad when I was getting <laughs> nervous and and stuff, and um, especially on that second day. So so Saturday all day was the main event, um, was the Cooley Classic itself. And that was um, a match play tournament. So I didn't actually think that I was going to make the top 16. I thought that I was like just out of contention for it. And Dr. John and Emily were just kind of like, how are you doing? And I was like, I don't think I'm in. So they were waiting for my game to finish. And then um, someone came over and was asking kind of how the game was going. And I was like, why would they be asking unless, unless I have a chance. So um, just kind of took a look at things and I was like, I just need a point. All I needed was one point in that game. And it was, uh, four two one zero scoring, so I just needed to not be last in the game that I was playing to make top sixteen. So I wasn't last; okay. I was third, but I wasn't last. Um, so I with the guy I was playing who got fourth was like, "You're welcome." I was like, oh, "Sorry, I feel bad for you, but at the same time, I'm happy." So, um, so made it into top sixteen. Um, and Holly was the only other woman who made top 16. So we were stoked. 
And then um, the field basically cuts in half. So we got put in a group together and it was top two from each group advance. So I was like, it has to be me and you. Like we have to go into top eight. We need, we need the ladies repping in top eight. Um, so we were in a group and the way that our group shook out Holly got six points and me and the two other guys in the group got five points apiece. So then we had a three-way tiebreaker um, to advance <laughs> into the top Yeesh. eight. So it was the three-way tiebreaker was on Twister. Okay. Which it's an odd. I've only ever played once at the Pinball Hall of Fame. You played it ironically, and- too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't super know what I'm doing. Um, and it was funny because the day before, I was like, I just want to play this game for fun. And I don't want to have to think about rules or like, I don't want to stress myself out about it. And then, of course, then that happens. And I was like, man, I wish I had <laughs> wanted to play this for rules and understanding. <laughs> but um, But that was not the case. And... I will also mention I woke up super early on Saturday. Um, there was a group of us that went to have breakfast at Holly's. Holly has a little cafe in town. So we wanted to go support her with, uh, with her running the event. So it was her and Lambo and Peter just did an amazing job running everything. So, um, all credit to them and time zone for, for letting us kind of take over back there, but, uh, wanted to show Holly some love. So went over to her cafe for breakfast. It was, Oh my God, it was so delicious. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in Cooling Data, go to Scooterini, get some breakfast and some good coffee. It was, oh, I think that that's what helped me that day. Just, like, I think I did well because I did that. Cooling Gata. Okay. <laughs> um, so I did that and then also went to see uh, Sunrise on the beach. I got very little sleep. For some reason, that works for me in terms of um so i was super stressing out for like this tie break and felt like everything and i'm just like i've been awake for forever um but managed to ball three on twister managed to blow it up i got this like straight into the skill shot um and just like crushed through a multi-ball and I managed to pull it out. So uh, then I advanced on to the final eight. So that was really exciting. Then um, somehow managed to get myself into the final four. Ah! Um, That's when it starts getting tense. Super tense. Like it was so, so intense. Um, And just going through all those games and the caliber of players that were there too. It was... Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and I had some games that I have to thank Bowen for, for helping me. I, I think after asking him some questions and trying to figure out strategies that work better for me on certain games, I don't hate Batman 66 as much as I used to. <laughs> and I don't hate Aerosmith as much as I used to. Um, I had a really good stressful game of Aerosmith um, in that final four roundup um, where I delayed my multi-ball until the five ball, but I didn't get there until ball three and I was sweating it out. Yeah, I was going to say that's kind of ballsy because it's tough. It's Yeah, and it's like, what if I don't make those last couple locks? Like, that's, 
Because I only had three locked going into ball three. So then when I got that fourth one locked, I was like, do I take, do I take it? Do I, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then I aborted. I was like, why did I do that? But the five ball really paid off. So um, it helped tremendously yeah. for me. So um, all thanks to, to Bowen for the piece of advice, which then he took himself to do really well in a tournament uh, in New York after that. So that was fun to watch too. But um the last game of the finals was on Charlie's Angels. And I love Charlie's Angels and I want to own one one day. And I was so stoked that no matter what happened, I was like, okay, the last game, like we go out on Charlie's. So I'm just going to have fun playing Charlie's. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I want a trophy. So there were <laughs> trophies for first, second, third. And I was like, I cannot be last in this group. And I was tied up in last place with one other person in the group. And I'm like, I just have to do better than him. That's all I need to do. Like, I just need to be able to do this, which is hard because I never like rooting against a person, sure. right? Like it's always me wanting to do better against the machine, but I'm like, I need to do a little bit better than someone else in this instance to be able to to kind of reach my goal and then i was like wait a minute i should just beat all of them because this is charlie's and i love it <laughs> so um That's i yeah i was just shy of the first place score by like ten thousand, and that was kind of a bummer but i was like super trying to work it out um and i was player four so like all eyes kind of situation um and that's where, like, you know, Lauren was sitting there. I just, I kept walking away from the games and going to sit in, like, this little windowsill. And she was sitting there with me and would kind of let me know when my turn was, but also kept me distracted enough to not be freaking out. So, um, so that was awesome. And um, had a bunch of friends who were rooting for me, which was amazing. And just, you know, it makes you feel really good to know that people are in your corner. And my friend aunt stuck around so I could have a ride home. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. I can, I can kind of do this. So didn't, didn't get first. Um, and my points put me then into third place. If I had won Charlie's, then I would have gotten second place overall, but can't obsess about that. Especially shouldn't go back after the tournament's over and say, I'm just going to play one more game of Charlie's. And then in a single ball, beat the high score of your whole oh, round. <laughs> it always happens. It's like, why did I just do that to myself? Yeah, um, I, so I never that. mind that that happened. But I did, um, I did get third place. And the, the two players who came above me... Um, Paul and Lambo, they... So Lambo got first place. He, he just was kill on fire all weekend just killing it um and paul so lambo moved up after that whole weekend of stuff to the second highest ranked player in australia and paul's the first ranked player in australia so i came third to the number one and number two players in the country and that felt pretty good um considering i had had kind of a not great performance the day before in three strikes so i i felt way better and was really really excited to have performed as well considering i didn't think i was going to make top 16 no that's a, that's awesome uh, like a lot of times when i get to a tournament with that kind of you know field i say yeah top 16 or whatever the finals cut is that's what i want but yeah anytime you can 
finish as highly as you did. It just feels great. Yeah, absolutely. So, very um, good job there. But then I was, thanks. Thanks for not winning first. Then I was we don't do that. exhausted. Oh yeah, we do not win first apparently. But now I got third, so now I feel like I need a first to average it out. Mm, I mean, okay, yeah. I've had some firsts, but not at like a big tournament like that. So you probably need to finish first at like a monthly or something like that. <laughs> like you can't go win at like Northwest or something. I will say that um, I haven't been paying attention to IFPA or anything, um, but I did the win that I got in Cooley um, gave me 33 points, which is more than I've ever had for anything ever and jumped me 400 spaces on IFPA. <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> like that's awesome considering I don't, like it doesn't matter <laughs> now. Right. Of course, that'll happen when I don't care. So that was <laughs> funny. Yeah, you'll uh, qualify for the whatever their version of the SCS is, their Australian Championships. But oh, I already, I I've already qualified for the uh, Queensland Championship in December because when I did the um, Surfers Paradise Brisbane Pinball Club tournament the last time I was there, I got second place. So it's like certain tournaments, if you place in the top three, you qualify. So I already did that. Uh -huh. So, uh, well, you have to go back. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I can't afford it, but I want to. <laughs> um, I'm really going to be kind of at the end of my severance package by the time these trips are all over. So I would say severance package well used though. Yeah, I, you know, and I haven't talked about it a lot, actually. That's funny that I wasn't even thinking about that, but it's like, I came back from that first trip and they were restructuring things at my job and um, was offered three months severance package. And I was just like, I have never not worked. Like from the time I was 11, I worked for my dad and I've never really taken time off for anything ever. Like I've just always worked at yeah. least one job, sometimes two. And I can like, I just looked at this and I told Dr. John and he was like, come back. I was like, man, when will I have the opportunity to do something like this again? Sure. The answer is possibly never. So um, why not take advantage of it? And I have a really amazing group of humans there and a nice support network and um, just good friends. And um, my friend Mindy is absolutely amazing and looks after Tesla and my house and everything and has a little staycation of her own while it's going on. And I, I don't know, I, I had to do something with the time that I've never really had the opportunity to. Yeah. So, um, really excited to be able to do it and great. So grateful to everyone who allows me to be able to do this right now. And when I get back, it'll be a little bit of a scramble and trying to figure out, you know, what to do with life, but, um, <laughs> right. But it's fun right now, so um, so I'm digging it. Yeah. No, I'm glad and it's then, been what it's been for you. Thanks. I appreciate that. That'll also give me time here at the house for you to come bring that machine on over. <laughs> yeah, I when I can find a uh, little window of time, I'll get it up there. We'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then I was an absolute mess for the um, flip frenzies on Sunday. There were two of them. So it was super intense. I'm also not very good at the format. I'm not good at playing quickly or knowing when I should stop playing or anything like that. Um, but it was also Dr. John's birthday which was very exciting. So his wife and his daughters all came and surprised him with an Austin Powers appearance. So in between the two tournaments, Austin Powers came and sang a medley of songs to Dr. John. I saw that. Brought cake. That yeah, one. that was... <laughs> I don't think anyone knew how to react to it. <laughs> and it was actually Mike Myers. He's not been up to anything lately, so... <laughs> yeah, it was... So strange. That was funny. Um, yeah, really bizarre experience, but um, but funny. So, so yeah, did did all of that. Did terribly in the flip frenzies. Just like completely. The first one I was middle of the pack ish, and the other one I was like nearly dead last. So, not last though. Not not fully last, nearly last. Um, but yeah, not that was, last. That was a hot miss. But yeah, and then of course I get home, you know, back to the Cossins after all of this, and I got so sick. I think I'd just been running myself ragged and not resting as much as I should, and the weekend definitely took a toll on me. Like all of the the stress of the competition, and then um, not sleeping so much and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I got super sick but then i had an entire row to myself on the airplane home <laughs> so oh, that's uh, nice. yeah i didn't want to be that person that someone's like i don't want to sit next to her she's sick but i was on antibiotics and stuff so that i wouldn't technically get anyone sick but i was still relieved i didn't have to be like sorry sorry so it was an amazing trip i'm so excited to be back uh, again in a month sounds nuts but just rest up in time yeah yeah totally but I, I think that's it that, that <laughs> is a good set of things <laughs> yeah no, um well I don't have anything but what we've got um a little over a week till our shows and we'll have to get together the week after that and um, discuss how this whole Mount Plungemore went down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we can record um, either when I'm in Boston or New York. And we'll get uh, Bowen and Simon on. That'd be awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Well, then. Get the perspective of uh, a Kiwi in the States. <laughs> Boy, that's... Boston's not not a little town, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to play all of the, um, like the 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 semi rethemes. So the the Star Trek that's cats, and then um, the Moon Walking Dead and stuff like that that they've got out there. Yeah, we've actually had Mitch on the show to talk about the whole Moon Walking Dead thing. It's gonna be cool that you get a chance to see that person. I know. I can't wait to play it. Well, good. That's a show, and um, we didn't fight. I know you wanted to. We'll find something to fight about. I know, and we've already fought enough about Iron Man. And well, we—it's—we just. What if I hate Iron Maiden? 
like you like that. <laughs> I like Iron Man. They have the same. I am. Maybe we each we each get an iron that we like and one that we don't like. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to like Iron Maiden though. So that probably won't be our point of contention, but we'll find something. <laughs> cool. I still hate Iron Man and avoid it at all costs. So. I know you do. Um, great. The show. Check us out. Facebook. Uh, look there for uh, links to um, the registration for Whipped and for the new voting options. Anything else that we need to highlight, you think? You should go check out. Oh, I think that that is, um, that's definitely the big one. Like get signed up for whipped. Okay. Good stuff. All right, guys. 